Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired by, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we speak with Bastian Keb about his new LP, The Killing of Eugene Peeps. Giallo, 70s crime flicks, and French New Wave cinema, Bastian Keb's third album, The Killing of Eugene Peeps, is an imagined score of downbeat anti-ballads, cinematic instrumentals, psychedelic folk, and warped soliloquies. Set for an October 9th release via Gearbox Records, the album was originally made in three parts, film score, soundtrack, and incidental music. The record develops in a dreamlike state, a narrator periodically guiding the listener between songs of longing and regret. We spoke with Bastian Keb about his cinematic influences and the making of the new album. It's a simple life's telling a child You don't know how tired you are Until you lie down and shut up for half an hour just because you know all the blows the smoke on this evening, you got lucky. enjoyed the killing of eugene peeps um like how long has this been in in the works uh it's probably probably took about a, a year and a half including the including the mixing and, and the master and everything yeah it's probably probably about a year and a half and i was um i was working nights as well in a warehouse so i was um I just had to do it when I could. So I probably could have done it a bit quicker, but um, yeah, I just had to record on days off and, and before I went to work and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a pretty testing time. Um, now I've, I've done some warehouse work myself. What kind of uh, warehouse was this? Uh, it was, it was a house. So you just basically, that in the job, it, it basically uh, meant getting a cage and then with a headset on, 
and uh, you just had to go around the warehouse and follow the headset. It would tell you to pick up a certain amount <laughs> of beans, a certain amount of uh, packets of crisps, and then you'd just drop it off at the bay, and that was the entire... So I used to walk, walk uh, I think it was 12 miles a day. Um, so I was walking for the entire the shift, so it was, it was pretty tiring. What was your warehouse job? I worked in a warehouse that ran web stores for different bands like everything from like little local indie bands like all the way up to uh like dylan francis and flusterdamas and uh we also uh ran everything uh like the neuro the band neurosis did and their label neurot wow it was very uh, wide ranging in terms of. It sounds pretty interesting, though. Yeah. What no. were you actually doing? Were you, were you actually in the warehouse, like picking picking stuff, or were you more office? Oh uh, no, I was like one hundred percent in the warehouse. Like I was the person who, like, basically we would get pallets of stuff and count it in, and then it was my job to like find places to put it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, how long ago was that then? Have you, you don't do that anymore. Oh no, I haven't done that for. I think I did it for about three, three and a half years, and I, I haven't. I've been done with it for about the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I was done with mine for pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go back. Now, uh, like what's what's interesting about like this this album is, I I love the idea of like imagined soundtracks yeah um where you know like the soundtrack to a movie that that doesn't exist like in your mind like what what is the plot of the killing of eugene peeps um well i, I mean i suppose the, um, a massive influence was taxi driver just because it's, it's my favorite film it's probably my favorite film score but it is my favorite film score definitely and so it was like Definitely the the loner type character. Then there was an element of um, there was an element of like uh, imagining like so the title was inspired by um, John Cassavetes' the killing of a Chinese bookie, mm. which I always thought was the coolest title ever. <laughs> um, so I suppose it would have been. I mean, it essentially would have just been like Taxi Driver. Really, there was no like hard plot, but it was the idea of. Uh, very much the idea of a, a man um, being in a being in a city and very much monitoring, like almost being almost kind of invisible, like Travis Bickle was, and basically just seeing everything that was going on and having sort of an opinion about it and and uh, really sort of resenting the world. But I don't know. I never really thought about it. I never really thought about any sort of assassination or anything at the end. If anything, I suppose at the very end, the sort of last last line of the entire album is is basically i suppose a little bit of a a nod to the suicide i suppose in a way because it's you know the idea of hell being nice this time of year <laughs> so i suppose yeah yeah it probably would have had a bleak ending the film but uh yeah just a moody a moody taxi driver type sort of uh film really <laughs> I, I am consistently impressed and amazed with the number of people I talk to, like who are either film composers or just fans of film, like how often Bernard Herrmann uh, comes up. 
like just in terms of his like very very long armed influence on yeah. popular music he's incredible he's it's just incredible really i mean I, I love taxi driver but that is my favorite but i i mean i really like the psycho main theme as well which is um which you know that not the the shower scene thing the actual main hook which oh is, yeah I think that's, yeah i mean I, I think he's incredible really um what was the he did something for francis Ford coppola as well uh i can't remember what that was called but that was what was that called uh, i can't remember yeah i can't well, I remember know, what i know he did what? obsession for like he did like his last few movies were just like blew my mind in terms of like what they were because i mean he did like two de palma movies and he did a larry cohen movie which is like like the the you know, one of the ultimate uh you know american independence yeah yeah i mean um you're right actually it wasn't for it wasn't francis for Coppola. it was probably um brian de palma actually what was it is it called like possessed or something oh pos- uh, obsession obsession obsessed yeah yeah uh, now like you like the, the 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 press release um that i got about this the thing that like got me was like um the the ode to giallo which like it seems like so many more people like like giallo are sort of having like a, a weird resurgence anymore <laughs> Um, uh, and I know like living over in the UK, um, there, there's a, a company out there, uh, Arrow that has been putting out so many of these like on, on Blu-ray. Are you like, uh, are, yeah. are you, a, are you a film watcher or like a score, like someone who listens to scores, um, for, for like inspiration or entertainment or are these, uh, like just things you've explored with, uh, like looking to find new uh, elements uh, to to make music. Uh, ah, sorry, that came out like that just started spinning out of control. Like uh, essentially, like are, are you uh, are you uh, are you a film uh, and film music fan? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I basically I actually don't listen to music really at all. Um, my girlfriend listens music when she's um doing art and that's probably the only time i really listen to music so i'm i, I basically just watch films and then um i, I generally watch films on the, on the on the interest of the film as opposed to really watching for specific composers it's just sometimes um a soundtrack will come up which uh, a score will come up which is just which i will then like look into um and that's what I like. I mean, I prefer to be caught off guard a little bit, really. So I just like to watch films. And then sometimes, if a, a great score comes up, that that's all, or or a song that I haven't heard that I really like. I think that I like that. I prefer to find music that way rather than like listening to um, Spotify or YouTube or anything that really sort of suggests stuff to you. So I like I like to find it through film, and then I'll I'll take that and and start maybe listening to a little bit of YouTube. And that I suppose that's probably more research by the time it gets to the youtube stage i'm not sort of listening necessarily for fun i'm sort of listening for like inspiration so um yeah just complete i mean i've always i've always been to a certain extent i'm def- definitely more into films than i am into 
music, which might sound a bit strange, but um, I never, yeah, I just, I'm, yeah, I've just always been, I've always played music, but I've always been just watched films. I've been more obsessed with films than, than music, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. Like, uh, are are you um, a score or a, a, a soundtrack person? Like, are you are you listening for like? Are you struck more by um, like needle drops or like p- songs proper or uh, like the the score to a film? I, lo- I love a score, really. I mean, I, I um, I was that's why, especially when when I started when I when I the first time I saw Taxi Driver, I was just so obsessed with it. And when I started watching other Scorsese films, I was a bit disappointed because so many of them. <laughs> Although they've got great, they've got great songs in them. It's not. It's. It's. I don't really think there's a song in Taxi Driver. I think it's all. There might be a random one song at some point, but um, but his other films don't have that sort of bad score. They're so so often they have a lot. They have a great sort of soul soundtrack stuff like Mean Streets and and Goodfellas. You know, the the soundtrack's great, but the um, the score tends to tends to be a little bit. They obviously have both have a light score to them, but. I'm very much a score score guy, really, definitely. Um, given that um, the killing of Eugene Peeps like draws from Giallo and like seventies uh, crime flicks, um, the like the tone of the album is like is definitely um, towards the like the more e- experimental. Uh, edge of like those scores because what i love about like especially giallo is that you can have like they tend to go like one of three ways they're either just like very lush and gorgeous or they're like super funky or they are just like the most angular thing in the world yeah yeah and strangely it seems that ennio morricone could do all three of those yeah 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 completely greatest ever um yeah, I mean that's that's actually personally what I like about that. So I mean, like, first of all, like especially because it was obviously coming out of Italy, so many of those Italian composers, like they're they're sort of I suppose I sort of view them as like love themes. Those those types of pieces of music are so lush and they're so beautiful. But then they then they would have like some sort of insanely random like synth spike, like partway through it or something like a lot of. Argento stuff has got that sort of element to it, where it's actually really pretty, and then there'll be like some sort of really abrasive tone to it. So I always really like the contrast because as as sweet as a lot of those old love sort of themes were, like sometimes it can get a little bit too much. So I like the sort of contrast, and I think even with the films as well, it's the same. So they like the the dialogue can be a bit cheesy, but it's always quite pretty. But then there'll be like, you know, they will cover someone in blood in the film at some point and it's just like i love i really like the contrast of the two and um i just it doesn't it surprises me why the music that type of music isn't really not that many people are coming through playing it really at at the moment i mean a lot like myself and a lot of my friends are into hip-hop so there's a lot of a lot of really well-known um like tracks have been sampled like um celio Cipriati and stuff like that. He like he heavily sampled and stuff like that. So, and um, a song that I really love recently is by The Lovers, which I don't know if it's from a film or not, but that was um, that was sampled by 
I think the Alchemist recently, and that's this beautiful, like, um, beautiful sweeping string sort of arrangement, but then with this like haunting female vocal, which for me is like the the sort of key to all those sort of old Italian horror films is is that is that sort of operatic female voice, which I think's I think's amazing, and I can't believe that it's not used that much anymore for some reason. Now. Putting together um, this album, like I know that you, um, you know, you played everything and you recorded it and engineered it and produced it and mixed it. But like, um, where did you put it together? Um, it was just put together in my room, so it's, it's just a just a small, um, basically just a small bedroom with a table, and that's where I sort of have all my gear and. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I record in there, and then I've got a place where uh, I've got like a rehearsal studio that I that I just go and sometimes rent for a day if I need to go and so I got a drum kit there, and if I need to go and do anything really loud, like some of the sort of crescendoing um, trumpets and stuff like that, like especially unmuted, they're just so loud that I had to like demo some stuff in the house and then sometimes <laughs> i'd actually have to go there just for a day and i just literally have a list of things that i have to record um but then i'd just come back and i'd um put it together and and you know just be in the room doing it and then i mixed i think probably about half of the record and then i wasn't particularly happy with um my mixing so i'm not really that much of a mixing engineer so um the label sort of hooked me up with a guy called Gertz who mixed um, the sort of fuller tracks. So I dealt with the sort of littler skits and he dealt with the sort of bigger, sort of almost like the singles and stuff like that. So I was able to step away from it a little bit and not just become completely obsessed with it. It was nice to be able to send it to someone to mix a little bit, basically. So this is your third album and it's also the the third label you've been on um how did yeah. you uh, end up working with gearbox um well i've had um so basically i was i was signed to 100 music for a two a two label uh, a two record deal but um then the guy running it actually decided that he wanted to sort of stop or slow down running it so he wasn't going to put out any any further releases and that's why um, so he licensed me to first word, and subsequently I, was, I ended up being out of contract. And I really liked the first word guys. Um, I sort of felt like my music maybe didn't fit them that well. They they did a really good job on it, and I like really like them. Um, but I think they were doing a lot of um, their acts have got a sort of quite a lot of neo soul sort of thing in it, and I was sort of wanted to go. A different way and away from that a little bit so i sort of wondered if maybe I'd, I'd fit better on rather than being the sort of alternative act on a soul label i wondered if maybe i could be the sort of soul act on an alternative label so <laughs> i sort of my my I, I spoke with my publishers and they were really helpful and they basically sent my uh the demo album out to a few people and um got a really positive response the first person to get back was daryl from gearbox who got back about an hour after it uh, he got sent it and um, he wanted to meet straight away and then had a couple of other meetings with a few other people as well at the same time. And then um, basically I spent, I think I pretty much spent about five or six hours at Gearbox Studios um, with the entire 
with the entire sort of team there. And I think that's pretty much kind of probably what swayed me. Like they're really passionate about what they do and everyone took time out from their day just to basically like chat to me and stuff. And it was, it felt like it was, um, it felt like it was, uh, you know, something that a team that was really wanting to support the project and really wanting to go in a good direction as opposed to, um, you know, I met someone in like, I met someone from a label in a coffee shop for like half an hour and stuff like that. And it's a bit, I mean, it's, it didn't feel as much um, like uh, there, there wasn't as much as, good as a connection. Whereas with Gearbox, it felt like I liked them all. And um, yeah, so it felt natural really to go with Gearbox. The the question I always ask, uh, because like I know Gearbox is like uh, heavily into like putting out vinyl. Like, um, yeah. are are you um, are you a, a record person? Like a like a physical record person? Uh, yeah, I I am. I mean, I've got I got friends that are like um, uh, beat makers, so they're like proper collectors. So I would never sort of tell anyone that uh, I'm into vinyl because some of my friends have got like literally five thousand records and stuff. I I I'm not really interested. I mean, I'd I'd love like an original original Sunra or something like that. But for me personally, I just like um, I I. I I haven't got a problem like getting reissues and stuff like that. And I just like them to be, they're not even records. I don't know quite often they're records. I do know. And it's just, I quite like having it on, on vinyl. So um, yeah, I've got a pretty small collection um, and there's nothing too crazy in there. There's nothing too, too random or strange in there. Um, you know, there's Miles Davis and there's a, a couple of reissues, Sunrise and some Tom Waits. There's nothing mad in there or anything like that. So I wouldn't say I'm a collector, but I do really like it. And I, for me personally, like putting out, putting out music nowadays, it's, it's for me, it's so important to have it really released on vinyl because it sort of doesn't feel real putting an album on Spotify. It does. It sort of feels, yeah, it feels like a different type of thing. When you've got a physical copy, it sort of really feels like, a, I suppose it feels like an achievement. Whereas putting something online, um, is it's just got a different feeling so for me like it's really important to have everything out uh, on vinyl definitely. speaking of, of of like the the physical thing like um who did the the artwork that is on the cover because it is just it, it is very striking uh that's my friend so he's my he's my old uh housemate who's an artist his name's will morrison and he did the the last one he did the second album as well and he's done all the singles so um it's been like two singles released so far so the the artwork's out and there's two more the next artwork coming out for single three is my favorite um and yeah he's he's from the same place i am and we lived together for um i don't know probably a good few years sort of thing um just basically um she used to play football and basically just hang out really and um my friend, my other friend, who I also lived with for for a period as well in London, he was the one that um, did the layout. So he's really, really good at the fonts and and making it look nice. So they're a really good team. And um, one of them does the the art, the, the creative, the painting stuff, and the other one sort of, you know, made the layout basically and sort of puts it together so it looks all all legit, really. It looks so late sixties, early seventies that I like. I know I saw it and I was just like, "Well, you know, like just scrolling through email on my phone and I, that popped up and I was like, oh, 
like as 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 uh, superficial as it may seem like sometimes like album art is just like well that looks interesting and then i saw like oh giallo 70s crime fil- films i will definitely take a listen to this also like anything uh george from terror bird sends me i'm like ah, i should probably listen to oh, okay this. yeah yeah <laughs> okay. um so um what's the best way for folks to find you and information on what you're doing um so I, I i'm trying to put more effort into instagram i i am a little bit i'm not i'm not the i'm I'm pretty weird with social media i basically don't really use it very much um but i am trying to make a conscious push so my instagram should really be active actively posting on instagram most days hopefully so that'll be the place to did you say and then uh, I lost the domain so I got I'm getting the domain back so there will be a website um, so um, Instagram is probably the best place to follow me there's quite a lot of information on Facebook as well and there will be a there will be a website but yeah Instagram's the the one that I'm trying to sort of put a bit of time into at the minute wonderful well sir Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me uh, 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 across the international uh, waters. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this has been really a pleasure. There's alligators in the water And the boat sunk Now we close and your own Now we close and your own there's alligators in the water And the boat is always sunk Now you close and not your own Now you close and not your own Bastion Keb for talking with me. You can find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bastion Keb. That's B-A-S-T-I-E-N-K-E-B. The Killing of Eugene Peeps is out this Friday, October 9th on Gearbox Records, and you can order the LP at gearboxrecords.com. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at frominspiredpod and can be found on Instagram at fromaninspiredby. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please click those follow and subscribe buttons. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back next week with an episode of your favorite soundtrack, continuing our spooky, spooky October, featuring Greg Diedrich of Nightmare Junkhead and Nerds of Nostalgia talking all about the scary new wave sounds of Fright Night. Until then, thanks for listening. Ah!